0: Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia and Phil Blackman, and we have Eric Virgo here for a very, very special episode. Uh, I, I'm going to be the first to say it, I guess. Deathright Shaman is gone. Uh, probe, also gone. Gitaxian Probe. Yes, Gitaxian Probe. probe, probe. probe from
1: Regular Probe, not, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we brought Eric on today. We were chatting with him this morning because a Rug Delver deck made top eight at the Atlanta Open yesterday, or Atlanta Classic yesterday. And Eric was awake at what had to be like 6 a.m.
2: your time, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, just like, was, you're like,
1: I woke up before my alarm. I'm so excited.
2: <laughs> this this happens, or I should say this happened, because it will be past tense now. This happened for every three months for the past, I don't know, maybe a year, a year and a half, where I would wake up early before my alarm uh, on the day of the banner and restricted amount Announcement. Just because I would be in, in anti- anticipation so much of hoping death right shaman would be banned, and today it happened. Like a kid Along on Christmas. Gitaxian, it it's banned, like- It's well, banned. So see, Christmas was the death right shaman uh, band. Gataxian Pro band was my birthday. So it was like I got both of them at once. It was <laughs> incredible.
1: Bill, what time did you wake up today?
3: Uh, I, well, I actually woke up to uh, a, a bunch of aggressive texts all hitting me at once. <laughs> so uh, I didn't even have to look it up. I was, I was just told by the, by the world.
1: Phil, you work late, I know. We're, we're messing with you, but it's just funny. <laughs> I'm up, and uh, I was surprised. Well, not surprised, but happy. I mean, I'm not thrilled that Death Rate's gone, but I am happy that we don't have to argue about it anymore. And I just want to move past it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? we should just st- immediately talk about another subject instead of this band stuff, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I think, well, let's, let's start. Does anyone have anything to say about what they said in the statement about uh, these two cards? It was actually a pretty lengthy statement um, that they put out. Um, it did show that they found that Grixis Delver was a win rate against the field was over 50%. And they don't like that. In fact, there's a lot of data in here about standard, too, which we're not going to talk about, but it does show that they're using some sort of data set that... I mean, and that... The ubiquity of right, and... I mean, Grifestelver was clearly an I mean, you had to do something. You, yeah. you couldn't have this deck winning it. <laughs> just like Miracles. Just like Miracles. And I'm happy to say the same thing. Clearly an actionable deck. Um... But anyone anything that stood out to you
2: yeah i was i was definitely happy at sort of the length uh of the statements that they made about each card in my memory i think this is the most thorough explanation that we've had for why cards were banned um and it's nice to see communication from from wizards about this so i hope they they do this moving forward because it's it's just nice to have that sort of communication and it almost feels like a back and forth even though it's it's one directional right now because yeah. there certainly was a large amount of community outcry um, that I think prompted this and basically the major points that they hit in all of their statements were pretty much in line with what the community was talking about really high win rates and um, the fact that Death Rate Shaman was homogenizing a lot of the fair blue decks in the format and then the Sort of the second paragraph in the explanation of Gitaxian Probe is basically a long-winded way to say that the card is just not fun. You know, they're talking about, like, bluffing and um, counterplay with cards that are in your hand, and Gitaxian Probe just completely removes that aspect of the game, which I think is sort of like the fundamental mechanic of high-level tournament magic.
0: Yeah, it's one of the strengths of this game is that it's a card game and there is unknown information. Like that's that's part of the uh, the draw to a game like this is you get to use your intellect against your opponents of just being like I have the cards I win, you know.
2: Absolutely, and I'm very very happy to see Katexian Probe gone. I was uh, sad enough to play Grixis over a few times over the last few years at, at tournaments, and every time I put Katexian Probe on the stack, I I just didn't enjoy myself, um, and I'm I'm glad I never have to have that experience again.
1: Phil, any of your reactions to the uh, the history of this or anything like that? Like, what, How you com- would compare this to the top man or anything like that?
3: Yeah, well, I mean the, what uh, Eric just said about them saying that essentially probe isn't fun, which it's not. Uh, there was the, the the first line in the third paragraph uh, kind of didn't mean anything to me. It said, "While Jotaxian uh, probe's impact on leg- on the legacy environment hasn't necessarily reached a boiling point. I don't know where that's coming from. I think probe's Probe's boiling point went way over a long time ago. It just had uh, a bunch of meat shields in the way, like Probe taking most of the PR he- heat. Uh, you mean Deathrite yeah.
0: Shaman taking the PR heat?
3: That's what I mean, yeah. yeah so sure. like, when they say Probe hasn't reached uh, its boiling point, I feel like it crossed the threshold of being an unfun bannable card a long, long time ago. It's just that it was so innocuous in terms of its actual impact that its impact inf- it, like influenced the rest of the game. But didn't actually end it in your mind immediately. Uh, that makes it unfun. When you've been
0: sitting in lava for like two years, what is the boiling <laughs> point? Anyhow, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I I was telling you guys that I think the the thing that should be we should pay attention to is uh, how they have gone from this ban versus uh, the previous bans and seeing if they're if their view at legacy has stayed consistent within that time as they're discussing why they banned cards. And in this most recent one, they're talking about how they like uh, Legacy being a place that essentially lives more on the stack than uh, permanent-based Magic. Uh, I, f- I'm, I forget exactly where the line was that they Yeah, I'm looking that. for that right it. now. Let's but see if I can you, find you, it. You, you know the line that I'm talking about, right? Yep they they essentially said that it, leg, Legacy uh, and the player base that plays Legacy, uh, it it should be the format where you can live a little bit more on the stack. I think that's why they let the blue cards uh, stay as uh, the powerful blue cards and cantrips and stay uh, where they are. Uh, the interesting thing about that though is I don't know if that coincides I mean this is a whole another rabbit hole to get into the top band and top counterbalance and top counterbalance being not fun and uh, the whole interaction there. Uh, if I, I would uh, be curious to look back at the old uh, banned and restricted announcements and see if their uh, their mindset has stayed the same, or if it, or if it's evolved over time.
1: Well, they they said that they were hoping that they would be able to change the miracle in the miracle uh, top band here. They were hoping that the the dominance would change over time, but it has not. I think we saw that a little bit when they were talking about Grixis Delver. Um, when the most popular deck environment is also among the most winning decks with a win rate significantly over over 50%, we investigate. Um, of course, they also said at, on April 24, 2017, Legacy is currently the only tournament format where we have not taken action against Cataxian Probe. I mean, Probe's days were numbered from then on, right? Like, that was going to be the next yeah. card band. <laughs> it, I mean, not that Deathrite Shaman wasn't the next card band, but uh, Probe was too. I can't find that sentence now. I got to look for it. It might be yeah. in a different article. It's but... probably at the
0: very bottom.
2: Uh, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's it's actually very interesting to me because if you look at sort of the history of really good blue cards that were banned when they printed Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise they were both hit at the same time in Modern and they only banned Treasure Cruise and Legacy and they let us have Dig for another, I, I think it was six months afterwards yeah. and something similar happened with Cataxian Probe where it got banned in Modern, it got restricted in Vintage, which is and that just means it's on an absurd power level. Power level. And they let it live in Legacy for another, I don't know, is it nine months or a year now? Um, where Probe has been legal in yeah. Legacy and and banned in the other ones. Yeah, been so, about
1: a year, nine months after that. Yeah, it's
2: it, that's very interesting. I think
1: to what
2: be, we because think... like Legacy is oh. the only format between like uh, Legacy and Vintage where you can make it to the Pro Tour and you know there's GPs and that sort of stuff. So. I don't know maybe this will change the way that they approach cards like that in the future. I
1: think that one thing we're going to see is we're just never going to see a free a free blue card again. I mean probe and me- mental Mistup are so bad and like bad for the game and like, not that uh, force of will and days, I want them gone or anything like that, but like' there's, they're so format defining, like being able to counter anything when you're tapped out. It, also you regulate the power level around that. One of the things I think that's happened or that we're seeing we're seeing, Le- we're seeing legacy be powered down. With the last few bans, um, oh, Treasure Cruise, Dig Through Time, Probe, uh, Get Taxi and Probe in Depth, right? Like, I think that they feel that if it's too high-powered, there's going to be too much of a consolidation around the best decks, and they want to find a way to make it powerful enough that you can still do wacky stuff, but not so powerful that you're just playing the most objectively powerful three or four decks. They want you to play some more, like, the most objectively powerful ten decks, right?
3: That's yeah, interesting. I, just... I, I I I would argue that when it comes to power level, they don't give a shit. Like th- there is there is nothing about anything that they've said where they just go the power level of this card is too high of a threshold for this format. Like the the argument for like too powerful in my mind always comes back to you can pay three mana and put a uh, an Emrakul into play. Like power level of the format for a card like the only things that they've ever argued for is this deck is oppressive because it's too dominant it stifles diversity or it uh has made the format by volume of the of how loud we are unfun to play and they get that by tournament attendance but the just straight up like this card is too powerful for this format therefore it must go that's i i, I mean maybe that's been an argument but i don't recall it
1: I just feel like the format is – the format was getting fast, and we're going to see what happens, actually.
3: Well, the format got fast because they banned top. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. The format sped up. The format slowed down when people needed to play things to deal with counterbalance. The the second they banned top, then all of a sudden the format sped up because they didn't have to eventually deal with this uh, proactive uh, defense.
1: And these are two really fast cards. Deathrite's a fast card. Probe is the fastest possible card. It's a, it's a free card that doesn't that draws a card. Like I mean, it's it's almost the fastest thing you can do like in terms of just like churning through your deck.
3: I think um, the 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 evaluation on Probe and where they put it on was all of those uh, the Phyrexian mana spells, they took them as just you know, watered down versions of other cards that already existed and maybe just the power level went up because they became free. But Information has. I, I think the one thing that's really hard to cast in terms of like when you're figuring it out on a mana system is information and how powerful information is and how you should actually price it.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, that's fair. I, I think it's easy to say like, well, no one played peak, so no one's going to play this card, but that didn't happen.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, you know, it kind of raises the question like of the worst mechanics for the game of all time is it storm is probably at number one but phyrexian mana might actually be the worst just all or of these girls Del. delve you know be, like that's probably the top three but man phyrexian mana was just an incredible mistake and how many cards have we seen banned and restricted with phyrexian mana over all the three eternal formats
0: well let's well, think well,
1: okay. uh You've got probe birthing misstep. pod. <laughs> birthing pod is the one I was going to say. No one's going to get. Yeah. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just—is it just probe, misstep, and birthing pod?
2: Probe, misstep, birthing pod. Um, that—that that might be it. The other cards That's weren't that left. good. They—they did—they I mean, did a good job
0: in design with uh, uh, implementing it in in that like only three cards that they that they created were inherently broken. Well, there were a the ton com- of cards that existed before that 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 uh, with, with this uh, implementation of Phyrexian mana that were just fine. Like I don't mind uh, a one mana give a creature negative five, negative five, and deal four damage to me. I think that's totally fair. And in the context of Magic, like that doesn't bother that that doesn't bother most players to kill something for like four life and and one mana in any color.
3: We should remember that that didn't make too big of an impact when it came to Legacy. It just gave. Every other color in the color pie a pretty much auto kill spell but uh, dismember at least in standard I don't know if people remember in standard, but like mm-hmm. blue white just being able to play a one man at doomblade was yeah. crazy.
0: Oh yeah yeah and, I remember playing against the the delver decks of the day I mean that was you just they had access to everything.
3: It's just like yeah callblade just got to play minus five minus five off of their island. And that was an issue so like it, i mean it, it escaped because it was the least uh, like uh, oppressive of the phyrexian mana spells but one thing that you can note here is that drs is on the ban list and if you wanted to look at the other phyrexian mana spells it's on the ban list because it's also a one two if it were an oh one or a one one you know the target would be on gut shot and oh, it would be close we would be talking uh, about
2: gut shot i think yeah, yeah. I, I i have been saying Pretty much since Deathrite Shaman has been printed. If it was a one-one, I'd be hit, packing a lot of gut shots in my Rogueler deck. If it was a
3: one-one, nobody would be worried about it. No, it wouldn't be on the on the ban list right now.
2: Yeah, well,
1: that's. We'll see what happens. they have got three Ravnica sets to get a Deathrite Shaman. Right. Uh, anything else before we move off this? Uh, before we move on to uh, our winners and losers.
0: We good there? I I I'll I'll end this segment with I, I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> i'm glad you're happy
1: i'm not really that's the thing like i was the one who was always defending it i'm like i'm not really unhappy because i'm just happy we don't have to argue and that we can all be friends again until we all get miserable because no until, one has any permanence
0: in until play. the call of the Van nimble mongoose comes out then yeah. then shots I mean, have been we, fired we,
3: we should also note that as we were talking about Phyrexian mana being something that uh caused a lot of issues Like uh, Deathrite is also only on this ban list. I mean, I'm saying only a bunch, which makes it Mm -hmm. not make sense, but it's on the ban list because of its hybrid mana. If it cost a forest to cast and not a swamp, it wouldn't be on the ban list.
0: Yep,
2: probably not.
3: So hybrid mana also was uh, uh, abused here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it also wouldn't be on the ban list if fetch lands didn't exist, right? Which well, don't...
3: yeah. I, I, everything on the ban list is absolutely paying for the sins of Fetchlands. Fetchlands are the worst thing to happen to the game. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're they're pretty bad. I hate shuffling. I don't I don't want to do it at all.
1: <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry. Before we get off, does you want to say one thing? So, uh, we're talking about Phyrexian spells. Like mutagenic growth is super problematic. Like, event it's always like a card just waiting to be busted. Um, and I would say the same thing. True is true of elves. So you have got like treasure Cruise, dig through time. I always say the next delve card is always. The most dangerous card become immense is a card that is just honestly waiting to be busted. And, you know, Gurmag Angler, my my thoughts on that are well are well there, anything where you just like get a discount that is no opportunity cost is really bad. Like Gurmag Angler is beyond the pale. Five five for one black is not in black's yeah. color pie. And it's just an not... any colors colorblind. Color. I I, I <laughs> no, will say with no drawback. I, yeah, I, I mean, like
0: I honestly disagree with you about mutagenic growth and and about uh, what's it called uh the comments uh, the comments specifically because I play the deck that would want those cards and I often cut them. Uh, I almost never play mutagenic growth, and uh, becomements is just not explosive enough when you can win on like turn three or four. Anyhow, like the that that card is like a weird attrition card in that deck, and it it just doesn't do it for me.
1: Well, That's, also, come me try, that... just saying, I'm talking about just being waiting for something horrible to break it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're, you're just you look at some of these cards, and you're like, you know, with probe like a therapy what didn't exist, and then they printed therapy, like you would have known that like probe was on the chopping. I mean, block. if
3: you if you look at probe could last without it. I mean, all of the Grixis Delver decks were playing two to three Cabal therapy in the board.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, sorry. I'm the one who extended the the the, the let's get to the fun fun segment. Winners and losers. Uh, let's. I think we'll just do. I'll, I'll. We're gonna probably agree. We're gonna we're gonna argue about some, but I wanted to start with because we got Eric on, and I know Zach is is just so happy. Our <laughs> big winner, Canadian
0: threshold. The goose is loose.
2: Oh man. Er- <laughs> the goose is loose, baby. It's. I'm gonna be playing Legacy so much more now. Yeah. I just I just sent my German foil. Nimble Mongoose is to be signed by Therese Nielsen. They're going to come back. They're going to be beautiful, and I'm just going to murder people with them. I can't wait. Finally, finally that that uh that trade in of do my Brainstorm
0: think... playmat has has for those nim- Nimble Mongoose foils has <laughs> finally paid off what uh 3 years later.
2: You've made a good decision.
1: <laughs> that Brainstorm playmat was 2014, so almost 4 years later. Yeah. Um, do you think the best, the reason it's a Winner is because Death Shaman was good against it, or because the Death Shaman decks were better against the field. Because we just we were talking this morning about a Rug Delver deck that made Top 8 of the classic, and Eric, you Top 8ed, you know, Eternal Weekend like, you know, six months ago with Rug.
2: Well, I guess more like eight months ago, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll answer that question pretty directly. Death Shaman is just fantastic against Rug Delver. Um, even when you're playing a, a Rug Delver deck that's designed to be Death Right Shaman decks, you have probably six removal spells that, that can kill a turn one death right, and you know, you're playing eight cantrips to find it, so you're pretty likely to see it. But there are games where the removal spell gets countered and you only draw one of them, and death right completely takes over the game. Uh, and you know, eight of your threats are graveyard based, be it nimble mongoose and tarmagoy or nimble mongoose and hooting Mandrills. and just the efficiency of death right attacking your graveyard makes those threats not good. Yeah. And that card is just fantastic against the deck. I think it's much more a direct interaction rather than um, those decks being good against the field.
0: And let's not also mention the fact that um, basically Canadian Threshold is a land destruction deck, and when your opponent doesn't have to worry about their lands and can use lands from the graveyard as lands, that's a problem. That makes the yeah. deck it makes it really hard to interact with that deck on a, meaning, on a meaningful level. Uh, and I realize that that's funny to say, because you were trying to make it so that they can't interact with you at all, but that's, that's what Canadian Threshold does, so, uh, having Deathrite Shaman around to be like, oh, I don't care about Wasteland, but actually thank you for the mana, you know?
3: Uh, man, guys, I gotta play, I gotta play the contrary here. Hmm. I don't think, I don't think Threshold is gonna be the smart place to come into this format, and I'll tell you why. Hmm. Not that I don't think it's going to be a deck again, I do. But I think as the format readjusts, it's going to be one of the decks that actually gets hit the hardest by the readjusting. So without Death Deathrite, people are going to be able to move into cleaner mana bases. So you're going to run into decks that if they're trying to play fair and they're not on Delver, then they're going to be able to slam more basics. And the other side of it is a lot of people that I've been talking to all day are very high on Reanimator and Graveyard decks being winners. And I think that we're going to see the contrary of that. Because with Death Deathrite being main deck hate against graveyard decks, with decks losing that, that means that their, their sideboard hate, which was just a couple of surgicals, or very light graveyard hate, like maybe a Nile Spellbomb or something, they're going to have to go way more into like the old days of just lights out graveyard hate. And the lights out graveyard hate, uh, whether it's Leyline of the Void or Rest in Peace or all those things, those decks hit Canadian Threshold really hard too. So I think that because people are going to have to, to make up the difference of losing Deathrite in their graveyard hate to keep the other to keep actual graveyard decks in check, the fair decks that rely very heavily on the graveyard like Canadian Threshold are actually going to see a brick wall right in front of them at the beginning of the format until it starts to level back out.
1: And this is why I want to I want to say we had 3 three things on our list to discuss one of them was obviously threshold another one was reanimator/graveyard decks the other one was rest in peace and white cards in general so let's let's talk there's a lot of moving parts here and maybe let's 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 go down this road a little bit so we're losing we're going to lose death right which means that people are going to be leaning like phil says on more like you know haymakers against graveyard decks what does that does that mean that re- the the increased game one percentage for gra- for graveyard decks it, can that balance out the fact that they're going to be dealing with some heavy hate post board, and also the counter hate is going to change because cards like most of those cards are not going to be creatures, so you're not you're going to be seeing less creature hate, and now the reanimator graveyard threshold decks are going to be playing more enchantment removal in your sideboard. You're going to be bringing in more counter hate. Um, Eric or Zach, do you guys want to you want to jump in and talk a little bit about like how the counter play can play out like what do you think threshold will need to do to dodge these what will i, I expect to be more rest in peace
2: eric you so, can take this yeah I, I i'd love to talk about it so sort of i'll wrap everything that's happened in the last or everything that we've talked about in the last few minutes up I, I agree with pretty much everything that phil just said i mean i don't think brock delver is the best deck in the format and i think it's going to see a lot of splash hate um because of cards like Rest in Peace, Lay Light in the Void, like the really, like the lights out graveyard hate cards. The interesting thing, and I think my counterpoint to that would be is that rug Delver was a very good deck before Deathrite Shaman was a card, and there were a lot of lights out graveyard cards already. So I've you know I've been talking to a lot of people about what the 75 for Rugged Delver should look like, and the sideboard very often includes cards like Destructor Velvary, that are going to be generic answers to the the lights out cards. Um, I think the light, the the biggest lights out card that I'm worried about is Rest in Peace, um, just because it's a it's an enchantment and the sort of de facto artifact enchantment removal card is is Ancient Grudge and that doesn't hit enchantments. So like we're going to have to change the way that we build our build our decks to to answer all this sort of stuff.
0: You but, were already on Snare, which is an excellent answer to Rest in Peace.
2: Yes, um, I think. I was always a little bit more high on Spell Snare just because it's one of the cards that people often forget about and they don't do a great job of playing around it. It is it is also kind of hard to play around because, you know, if they have a Spell Snare in your hand, you can't just not play your two mana spell because that just means it already got Spell Snared and they didn't spend the mana on it, right? Yeah. So... Um, I think Spell Snare is still going to be good moving forward. One, because more people are going to be playing Rug, which means there's going to be Tarmogoyers running around. Uh, I think there's going to be more Rest in Pieces. One of the other things that we have listed as the winners is Miracles. I think that's a pretty obvious winner from this ban. And there used to be versions of Miracles that would play uh, Rest in Peace Helm as a combo kill. So I think... You know, this is such a big shakeup that it's really, really difficult to tell where things are going to land. But Canadian Threshold definitely is in the winner's bracket, for sure. I don't think it's the best deck, and I think what the deck is going to look like moving forward is going to be similar. You know, the same core cards that it used to play in the past, but the cards, the way that the sideboard is built and the way that the 75 is built, I think is going to be different.
0: I want to uh, touch on uh, touch on your point with miracles, and I think one of the reasons why miracles uh, does does win in this scenario is that it just was untouched by this recent ban. Uh, I don't think that reason. it's like it gets better, or, <laughs> like it gets better because of the meta or whatever. I think that it's just blanketly, it was a fine deck that it, that also didn't get touched by this ban. Must be nice, right, <laughs> Phil? <laughs> finally, if miracles not get touched by a ban. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, I mean yeah, I'm so I'm so happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I think that this balance that we're gonna see is going to be the thing that, that that shakes out a lot over the next few months because the question is how long it'll take for people to realize the right mix of graveyard hate and then the reanimator decks or graveyard decks to respond to that. You saw silent gravestone out of dredge because of all the targeted graveyard hate, um now is silent gravestone not a dredge card but now is it a card for some other decks that like want the the you know you know uh don't want their cards to be targeted and then they want to be able to blow up the graveyard at some point i mean i think that's an interesting we might see a total flip in the use of it and now i don't think silent gravestone's the best but it is a card that's out there that wasn't printed we have never seen a format with without death right shaman and with rest in peace because they were printed in the same set and one of the reasons I think that white cards, Rest in Peace included Stoneforge Mystic, which I'd like to talk about a little bit, um, were not good. is just because they didn't fit into the check pile mana, like the check pile Grixis sort of mana arrangement. And there was no, the great those decks were so good that going after them with Rest in Peace was not as good as just playing them. And now white decks are going to be brought up a little bit um, Stoneforge Mystic is going to be a better threat. It's going to come down on two and do what it wants to do. Um, and then you're going to have the options to play Rest in Peace and all these other good sideboard cards, Containment Priest, you know, against Reanimator decks as well. And, like, I think that's going to change just sort of the, the texture of how the format works because you're going to get away from this Grixis combination that was in Grixis Delver and Checkpile and also Storm. Like, Storm was playing out of a Grixis shell, right? Black Red Reanimator or Blue Black Reanimator, same deal. Like every, you we were, you were just in that area, right? So I think as white cards sort of ascend, I think that there's going to be a dance that goes on. Does anyone agree with me about Stoneforge Mystic? I think it's in a good. I think it's in a good spot other than the spell scenario deal.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I, yeah, I don't disagree. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that I think that w- with Stoneforge, it's it's again in that like realm of decks that was. Completely unaffected by this by this ban in a negative way, so it's just gonna continue to be you know like it's it's a fine card. It draws you a it draws you a great card when you when you cast it, and there's nothing else like there's not a whole lot to say about Stoneforge Mystic that hasn't already been said. But like I'm I'm looking around, I'm like, well, wasn't Death and Taxes just fine before this? Like it was sneaking into t- to top eights pretty often, and and honestly, it was fine against uh the the Delver decks to begin with.
1: Well, here's the thing. Stoneforge Mystic, less Abrupt Decays, less Colagon's Commands this is the big win for Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There you go, right? I agree. Phil, That's, Phil, you that's wanted... what I was going to
2: say. Yeah, the existence of Less Colagons... Fatal
1: Pushes, fewer Fatal Pushes, which I think we'll just mention Tarmogoyf too. I think Tarmogloves is the winner because it comes down on two, and there's less Fatal Pushes. Sorry, go ahead.
2: I, I was going to say that the existence of Kologon's Command, um, particularly being a main deck card in decks like Checkpile, was really suppressing um stoneforge mystic from from being a, i would consider like a really like a top tier card in the format um and colegan's command at with its with its mana cost of a colorless a black and a red is not exactly the easiest thing to cast in the format it's three mana it's two colors they're not super commonly played colors and they're not blue right and it wants to be played in blue decks so you're sort of it's, a, it's almost like a double splash card and you know the existence of deathrite shaman, and I'm sure we're going to touch on this more times. You know it did two things. It allowed the it allowed the person who's building the deck to to have higher converter mana cost cards in their decks because it's a mana accelerant, and it also allowed them to have a wider color gambit in their deck, um, just because it could produce mana of any color. So, you know, Kolaghan's command was one of the things that was enabled by Deathrite Shaman's existence, and I think we're going to be seeing a lot less of that card now, um, which is going to really open up the door for Stoneforge Mystic. Uh,
1: I want to talk about a couple losers, and I feel bad because I'm going to ask Phil first, but it's not personal. <laughs> I almost said, I want to talk about a couple losers, so Phil, no. Because uh, <laughs> Phil's played Phil's played a lot of Checkpile. How dead is this deck?
3: <laughs> uh, I think people are uh, counting the fact that like the check pile that we know it is dead because it, it going into four colors is not going to be reasonable to do anymore but the idea that like nobody's going to you're not going to like see a Leavold anymore or uh, you're not going to see snapcaster K command decks I I mean I think I think the jumping to conclusions that those decks can't adapt are going to get punished because I think those decks are still going to exist.
0: So I was I, gonna, I was going to say uh, uh, in in lieu of Checkpile, also the uh, what is it, Liliana, uh, the the new Liliana, what's her, what's it called? Liliana the Last Hope. Last Hope uh, was was a loser, but do you, are, are you saying that that card will still see play?
3: Like I think that yes, I mean yeah, I I, I think that those decks were enabled by death right to play the fourth color to splash the fourth color like check was really a grixis deck that splashed green because it was free because you wanted the green for the death right activation anyway so you just got to free roll your leobold and then the i mean there's already the like the regular bug decks that were playing leobold like yeah. fair bug decks that were you know for some reason i always had the incentive to not play Four ponder which blew my mind but like <laughs> Uh-oh. Those, <laughs> decks, like, those decks, I mean, yeah, they, they lose death right, but the fact that it's, like, all decks lose death right. So, it, like, yes, they lost footing, but they lost footing in that they lost something that was good against the unfair graveyard decks and it fixed their mana. So if they just tweak the deck so that the mana doesn't become a problem means that you're not going to play your fourth color. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to play the, you know, Two to three wasteland that the bug decks were be or that were able to play because they had death rights and you know you flex your mana count that way it's you're back to even, like yeah you're the, like three drops are still gonna see play you know. Oh,
1: okay. I agree I agree with a lot of what you said. I put a, a lot of cards on this underneath check pile. I put young your snapcaster mage, belfor, and leovold. They're losers in the short term I think all those cards, because the their like most natural homes have been just 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 other than snapcaster mage going in miracles. But Snapcaster Mage also could go either way. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about the other three first Young Pyromancer, Baleful Strix, Leavold. They're mana intensive. They're in a color combination in terms of Baleful Strix and Leavold that lost their best card. Um, the reason I like Tarmoglyph and Stoneforge Mystic is that you don't need to do anything else to get value off of them. And with Young Pyromancer, obviously. You don't need to do anything with Baleful Strix, but it's going to lose its, its best shells right now while they sort of figure it out, right? Uh, without death right to remove on turn one, the, the thing about Baleful Strix that, I, that always drove me crazy was that you have to remove their death right on turn one, and then they play a Baleful Strix that you can't attack through with your, you know, Nimble Mongoose, right? Just using that as an example, right? Or your tarmogoyf, And now you've got to find another removal spell to kill that, or you've got to suicide one of your guys. Now that, now that there's going to be no, no turn one creature to have to kill out of the black and blue deck's, Baleful Strix is going to be still really strong, but it's going to lose a home and it's not going to be as reliable a blocker, right? So if you have any sort of like punishing fire engine that just gains more value, right? Something like that. Does that make sense? Something like Forked Bolt that hits Baleful Strix in the, guy, in the guy's face or Searing Blade or anything like that just gets way better. Yeah,
2: I absolutely agree because, you know, when you're playing against, when you're playing an aggressive slanted deck against a deck with Deathbreak shaman and Baleful Strix in it, you have to keep a critical mass of removal spells in your deck to deal with those. And it's like a necessary evil post because in general, those are not the kinds of cards that you want in the matchup, but you need to keep them in. And, you know, with the removal of Deathrite, I don't think that there's just an easy replacement one drop card that those decks can play. So, so sort of how that the, the texture of that matchup is, is definitely going to change. And I think it hurts Baleful Strix overall. I really, lo- I really don't like baleful Strix too, so
1: I'm kind of happy about that. I'm mean, irritating.
0: I, w- I wish there was a. It's irritating oh, when you make a hollow one. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I wish there was sort the of uh, a a uh, a card like that for other colors, or just aren't, and it, it's hard to compete against that card when it's when it's good. The fact that it's not great right now is kind of nice. Um, I did want to talk about uh, a deck that. Uh, People people are kind of on the fence about uh, whether or not it's it's been affected uh, one way or the other by this, and I I definitely think it's a winner, and that is uh, Infect.
1: Right. So why do you think it's a winner, Zach? So well, okay. So
0: <laughs> the fact that we're moving away from from these Grixis shells, and and there will still be decks that that are in those colors, and there'll be there'll be tie decks and whatnot, but we're moving away from. Uh, fatal push decks and that I think is a huge factor in whether or not you uh, you can play in fact uh, to any uh, to any level of success in a larger tournament not having to go up against Grixis delver five out of ten rounds uh, is is obviously huge but um we never really needed uh Gitaxium probe to begin with Um, It was a a good card, like you got to see your opponents, if you could win or not at that point, but there were certainly other cards you could have played instead. Um, For me, Spellshaper Sanctuary was a card that I had been messing around with, and I had been shaving probes for stuff like that, or main deck libraries. Um, So I I think that Infect is in a really good spot right now, especially uh, looking around and seeing that there are other decks that normally were faster, uh, like Storm and whatnot, that are losing vital parts of their deck. And then uh, you're you're seeing uh, the removal being scaled back a, a bit in in the, uh, you know, in the median uh, mind's eye. We're not positive about what the format's going to look like yet, but I think Infect's in a really good spot.
1: Anyone have anything else to say about Infect? I mean, I was going to say all that, so. Um, but before we move on to another subsection of that.
0: Also,
2: you have uh, the best Eric free Kilt. spell in the
0: game right now, too, Invigorate. Right?
2: <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. Lion's experience.
0: Eye Lion's Eye Diamond.
2: <laughs> lotus Petal's a good one too yeah. lotus
0: petal yeah so yeah,
1: it's yeah.
2: force of will and days you know yeah, was, those, uh, those are all,
0: all very good spe- i mean this is like the reverse of phyrexian mana <laughs>
2: right
1: <laughs> um i'd put those I actually yes i want in fact i think as a winner i put maverick and i'm gonna play Bant. we'll talk about it later but like i think noble hierarch decks that already knew like how to use noble hierarch as a ramp card are gonna be at a at an advantage that decks, there were those decks already existed um, you know you're now you're the deck with like the best mana. Like Noble Hierarch was a fine card, it was just not as good as Death Right, and now that doesn't matter. And I think Maverick, Bant, like both of them both had trouble with the Death Right and Death Right style decks without and now but they're now they're the now they're the king of the ramp hill, sort of in a way to put it. So I'm excited. Hope you got your Noble Hierarchs already, everybody.
0: Yeah. They're gonna not go down in price, that's for sure.
1: Um, okay, I want to talk about two discard spells, Thoughtseize and him to Torak. We have Thoughtseize as a winner, and I have him as a loser. Does anyone disagree? Yes. You disagree?
3: I think him's a winner.
1: You think him's a winner? All right, Phil.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Phil's on that.
3: I I think uh, like the problem with him is that it would it costs double black, and people are just going to get to play cleaner mana bases. I think, think like. I I think, like, Deathrite was too good not to play. But the decks that want to be playing him, like the two-for-one value mid-range decks that, like, want Leovold and want Baleful Strix and want him, like, they get to clean up their mana bases so they don't just auto-lose to Bloodmoon. And then they still get to play these, like, very high two-for-one value cards that are the best at what they do. And, like... You still like if you just expect him to not show up. I think you're just going to get hemmed and lose. I think like in my mind having to go double black where you're just like exposed to all the shit that beats your mana base because it's double black, but you're priced into playing it because you need to be able to slam your death right on one. Now you just don't. Now you're just like,
1: how do you make double black in a way that's not risky in a deck that also plays blue cards?
3: Because I don't have to fetch a, a dual land to play my death right on one. I can either uh, if, I, if I need to I'm trying to th- like figure out how about to, I'm, I'm I'm trying to articulate this. It's essentially, like, the fact that you are going to have more basics in your deck I think is going to mean that these like high-value mid-range decks are going to be more stable.
2: You know, I, I think we've sort of touched on the same point a few times now, and that is that it, it basically the the notion that people are going to be building their, their meta bases differently. And a lot of the way that we're evaluating winners and losers are based on that fact. It might be interesting just to discuss for a, a few minutes, what we actually think is going to happen to how people build their mana bases. I, I'm, I definitely agree with Phil that I think people are going to try to clean up their mana bases a little bit, especially initially because they don't have death rate shaman fixing and accelerating them anymore. But Sort of as a, as a counterpoint to that, in the past, Legacy had definitely gone in waves, where there were times where there were people playing Blood Moon decks, and um, people were cleaning up their mana bases, playing basic lands, um, and then the Blood Moon decks were not doing well, and then people started to cheat a little bit, to go over the top of their opponents in the pseudo-mirror matches, and then they cheated a little bit more, and then it passed this threshold where it allowed Blood Moon decks to be good again. And then, I, you know, this is before the, the advent of Deathrite Shaman, but that cycle happened for, you know, a couple of years before um, Deathrite Shaman was a card. And I think we might be sort of going back to that. So I think initially we're going to see people really clean up their mana, mana bases, see a lot more basics, but it, it, it could change over time as well.
1: So my rationale for not liking him to Torak, and thank you Eric, I'm sorry, I'm I just, but like this sort of gets to that mana base construction thing. My rationale for not liking him to Torak is that it's not you can't slam it on two in a way that doesn't expose you. Now you're gonna two for one them, so maybe that's enough if they if like if you go like under like underground sea or swamp underground sea him you, and then they just waste you back. Like, maybe that's not the worst, but I don't really know. Like, it, then you're kind of just in a top-deck war. You're, it's not going to be the sort of, like, I can him you on turn two for free a lot, you know? And waiting and waiting on him is, you know, it's not the worst in certain matchups, but, like, especially there's more spell snares running around in the tempo decks, and they've already got a threat down. I mean, you need to be affecting the board and not going after their hand. Like, people might not have anything in their hand by the time you can cast him with a stable mana base. That's where I was coming from i don't know the,
3: the, the them putting a threat down i feel like is you just explaining what deathright shaman's format was where people always had a turn one threat yeah like the 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 play pattern on him is like other things going on if, if like if thought seize is a winner like just going thought season to him it's like i mean you best have a deck that can rebuild its hand otherwise you're just going to be tacked out you know
1: that's a good i mean that's not the worst you're not wrong i i should say i, I don't disagree with that I just find him to be so much harder to cast early without Death Deathrite that its utility is going to diminish faster. If that makes sense, because you're not going to be able to cast it as early as often, so it's more likely to be like something you have to wait on, you know. Like you can't him and Fatal push their uh, Glistener Elf now, you know, or Wasteland him them, which was always disastrous, you know. Um, you can't do it off Noble Hierarch, so <laughs> that, that's not even an option
3: yeah I, I mean like i i i can absolutely like see if i will end up being on the wrong side of it i just think that like these super high value cards they weren't they, they were in the deck that wanted those play patterns they weren't in the deck because of death right and so now that death right is gone uh the the decks that aren't playing like i almost feel that like him to Turok is going to go up because when you hit a land with him they're not going to have death right to make up the difference
1: it's, a, it's an interesting point I wonder if we'll, we'll see like these heavy black control decks like you used to see like pox. turn one swamp thoughts yeah like <laughs> is pox a winner and that would be, or is pox become a, a himatorrok deck that you have to fear uh, decks have gotten toys that have not been played we talked about that I mean I'm big on that dragon in pox that'll exile seven cards and get this five4 dragon at instant speed what? it's a new set oh. <laughs> There's a, there's a thing in the new set where it's like a dragon and you just like, you can pay an exile a bunch of card cards, your graveyard, and get back. Like these decks have gotten toys and you know, him to Torok is still, you know, right. It's a great card. I just, but I, I was thinking that Thoughtseize just for efficiency's sake. And because there's no probe, Thoughtseize is going to go up. The, Cyrus was telling us about how storm really wants Thoughtseize. And now, you know, we got to talk about storm because it loses probe. Um, but gains not having to play against Death Right, but I think Thoughtseize will just be played more and also there'll be a slot in those black decks to do something on turn one. And that's where Thoughtseize wins and to Torok loses because in my opinion you're gonna be something else on two after you discard their hand, uh, or discard their answer with Thoughtseize, but Thoughtseize into him is a is a perfectly, you know, good thing to do. Well, so, I mean, how, long,
3: how long was Death Right in the format for? Like six years? 2012
1: 2012 was when it came yeah out. so
3: six years so that's it's it's six years worth of cards that have been printed that have never seen what a non-Deathright, form, non-Deathright shaman format looks like and I mean w- there's probably a bunch of cards that we haven't even thought of that aren't on the list that are just going to show up and we're going to be impressed by them
1: oh yeah a lot of them are yeah. in my head but yeah yeah. Um okay, let's go off I, that. Let's I did, uh... I did
0: want to go back to oh, Eric's point about uh, about uh mana bases real fast and that actually covers a lot of a, a lot of what we have left, which is uh obviously people are going to be play, playing more basic lands, so basic lands win here. Um yep. and 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 yeah, I think that um the Stompy decks, that like the moon Stompy decks uh are going to go are going to be cyclical. It's going to it's going to be a thing where like it, are people getting too greedy? These decks are going to are, are going to come in and, and sort of police that, uh, uh, sort of like how, how even Canadian Threshold has its moment in the sun for a while, and then people start playing fair decks, and you're like, oh, I can't beat Maverick, you know? Uh, and, and I think that uh, the decks that Have you capitalize... heard of some <laughs> True, true. Maverick, uh, here's the thing,
1: Maverick has gotten so many toys that have just not seen the light of day. Yeah. Like, the new Thalia, the uh, the, re- the relatively new Thalia, I mean, that thing's like two and a half years old now, uh, the Ramanath Excavator— Renegade Rallier. Uh, Renegade Rallier. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah. Thanks. Um, I mean, but... how many? Like, so many toys that but, just never.
0: Yeah. To to so the... to go back to the the land part real fast. Uh. So the the decks that rely on lands. Uh. Not lands itself, because that deck I think is still just fine. Um. But like, yeah, your dark your dark depths like turbo depths decks and, and whatnot. If there are more Stifle and Wasteland format, they're gonna they're gonna be down a bit. Price of Progress decks. Uh, uh, also like. Are gonna be in this weird nexus of like, did your opponent get greedy enough, or did they fetch a bunch of basics and you just have like a, a you know, a, sh- a shock in your hand for two mana? Um, and then, and then, uh, I, I really don't know personally whether or not um, the Eldrazi Stompy decks are are uh, in a better position or worse position because of it. I don't know if anyone has any opinions on the Eldrazi Stompy decks.
2: It, I think um, it be about the same.
0: My feeling on Eldrazi was that
1: it. It can play Chalice on one, and there's going to be a little bit of a like more, more thought sees more threshold. You know that's more ones, right? Uh, same thing with Infect, maybe a little bit. Um, and they have so much ramp, and they're and like so there's and they're not going to have to deal with like, Deathrite on the play, and then they play a mimic. The other person just goes True Name Go. You know, that's you know get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, the other people aren't playing the same ramp game. I think that's a that's a game that is worth that's like a sub game that is worth thinking about with Eldrazi. They have a ton more ramp than any other moon or any other stompy deck. And, uh, they, they, you know, are just so the, the cards are so stupidly overpowered. Um, but yeah, that was a good, that was a good point on, 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 on mana base, which is the reason why I put price of progress decks on here. Not only does burn, it's interesting. Like burn was just, you know, good, especially with searing blaze or whatever against all these decks playing to the board. Uh, price of progress was great. Uh, and also, blue red Delver is a price of progress deck that loses Gataxian probe, and it's also very heavily, um, uh, heavily reliant on prowess. You know, so but you wonder, like, is blue red the kind of deck that plays a lot of basics and you know is is gonna win fast as well? There's there's a lot of those things that we just can't really evaluate in a vacuum. I don't think. I mean, honestly, yeah. if your
0: price of progress does does four damage, you're generally happy uh, in that deck, in my opinion. I think that's right. I mean
1: for sure. So um, what do you guys think about Storm? Like what's more important for Storm? Losing Gataxian probe or gaining not having to
0: play against Death Right.
3: Based I, on the interview that we did uh, before, it sounds like Storm's a winner.
0: Yeah, I would agree with I would agree with Phil on this.
2: I, I just don't know. Um, Storm <laughs> is sick. <laughs> It's, so I had a couple decks that were listed as like a question mark for me as to whether or not they were winners or losers in storm was the first thing that I put on the list because you know, the way the storm decks have been built for the past, God, I don't know how long has it been now? Six or seven years it's have been, uh, one specifically with death, right, shaman in mind and two with Gataxian Program and cabal therapy in their deck, which was a core way that they won the game was discard your relevant spell. I know exactly what it is and then kill you so yeah
0: and a free storm count doesn't help uh, doesn't
2: hurt either obviously uh, absolutely (laughs) absolutely and the extra card and you get you get all this fun play with lion's eye diamond because now you have another spell in your deck where you can you know crack lion's eye diamond in response to your Gatexian probe like all these sorts of things and you know them losing that card is going to fundamentally change the way that they build their deck so i i just i am not enough of a storm master to know it's it really could go both ways
1: it seems like they've been preparing in their little storm rooms and stuff. That's the majors, and
0: in their arcane but, laboratories.
1: And they're well to maybe not that. <laughs> um, so like they, they knew it was coming at some point, and I think that it's tough it's, it's really tough to say. I mean, how good is Rug against Storm? That's
0: always the question, right? It's, it's it, not good. I, I It's not good. I honestly probably think percent. I, okay, so that's not bad. I I always never had a problem with storm uh play, playing rug, but I don't know. I, I also felt like a lot of times I was playing subpar storm players. So, uh, I it's, okay. What it's about now? You now your
1: <laughs> your rug deck isn't playing seven pieces of removal anymore. Now, how's the matchup against storm?
0: I mean, I think you're now still playing you're, the you're... same amount of counter magic. You know, the you have access to Tarmogoyf again, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly don't know if it's if it's just the same as it was before, maybe slightly better because you don't have to worry about their explosion with a uh, Gataxian probe. But I just I, I I agree. I don't I don't know anymore. I, it, so many things have been said in the last few weeks to me about uh, whether or not uh, Storm is good against uh, against a uh, threshold, and I feel like I'm I, I play I play a lot of rug, but uh, you know we had we had a uh, what's it called a uh, um, Cyrus on it was Cyrus right? Uh, for, yep. Cyrus on a couple Perfect. weeks ago about uh, about Storm and he was adamant that like Storm is just good against against rug so maybe I've been wrong this whole time and just been lucking out.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on on the shakeout. I think that what Storm will lose is like Probe you, I win, right? And that is the question is how important has that been to Storm? being a, a deck that keeps its head above water, right? You ever been probed and they go like Underground Sea, uh, Lotus Petal, and you're just like, ah, damn it. <laughs> you know that feeling? Like, okay, Maybe they're going to play a death right and then they play a Lotus Petal. And you're like, ah, shit. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, they're going to lose that a little bit. Um, but, you know, change how they play their sideboard again. Like, um... Okay, more more Ethersworn Canonists. Okay, but also more Thought in Storm, so they're gonna have Thought Seas instead of you know having to guess whether or not you're playing Ethersworn Canonist or Thalia or whatever, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, It'll be I think really a question interesting
0: mark to see what happens with Storm because that that again, yeah, like like Eric said, it's it's a big question mark.
1: Um, there are five unhighlighted items here. I want to go through them real quickly. Uh, because we're at almost an hour. Agro loam, I think, is a big winner. It's a it's it's a punishing fire deck that doesn't play that didn't play deathrite that is now going to um, not have to deal with uh, as many blood moons and yeah, big knight is actually gonna
2: is actually gonna continue to be big. Disagreements? No, uh, I, agree. Yeah, I agree. It's it's not gonna be tier one, but you know because true name nemesis is still going to be in the format but you know it's it's a playable deck again i think
1: true name nemesis (laughs) winner or loser i think i don't think it i don't i think it still puts pressure on three drops which is disappointing because now it's going to even matter more that your thing doesn't just get whacked by a sword supply of shares before you untap with it um but it's going to be that much harder to cast but you're also going to be playing like island island
0: I think just by Trudy. virtue of, of Trudy Nemesis not being on that webpage that we read this morning, uh, it's a winner, man. Like, it stays in the format, and and it's still good. Like, I, I never cast that card on on a t- uh turn two before, and whenever I dropped it, it was like, great, here's this thing here, uh, deal with it. I <laughs> hate you know? it so much. I hate it so much.
1: I'll be playing four. I'll be playing four on Friday. uh Goblins! Is Goblins
0: going to come back? I don't think Goblin so. Goblin Lackey? I don't think so. I think there will people who will play I, Goblins, I think, and they will get crushed.
2: I, I think if Miracles becomes the deck the best deck in the format, which, if I had to bet on something, I would bet on Miracles being the best deck in the format moving forward, um, I think Goblins will come back. Um, the existence of Cavern of Souls um, and Goblin Ringleader and Aether Vial in the same deck make it a pretty potent... A um, pretty pretty potent concoction against Miracles. Uh, goblins was the deck that I played before I picked up Ruggilver and you know playing against the blue eyed control decks was it almost felt like a buy. Uh,
3: Will confirm as somebody who's played a lot of Miracles that I don't want to sit across the table from Goblins.
1: I never understood the goblins was bad against Deathrite decks thing. I got destroyed every time I played against it with a Deathrite deck.
0: The the just, rule was so like wide. Goblin Lackey can't attack into year one, two. Is that what yeah. it was?
1: Yeah. Then they tar fire it and attack <laughs> yeah. and drop a siege gang commander. <laughs> yeah. Or they just draw an uncounterable <laughs> siege gang commander and wipe your entire board. Um Okay, uh, fun slash synergy decks. In in Paolo Vito D'Amadorosa's article, Winners and Looters of the Gitaxian Probe Ban and Death of Ban, he has uh, my first deck from Legacy, which is Sam Black Zombie Deck, Grindy Graveyard Strategies. Fun synergy decks. Can you do more? Is, is, is that Policeman gone? Especially with Probe, too. I think Probe just like coming out of the format means there's no more like, Probe you, oh, your deck is
0: dumb. <laughs> There's, there's a lot less shame going around the format about
3: Keeps, I'll tell you <laughs> that for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. You haven't lived till you revealed Hollow One, Flame Blade, Adept, and Legacy. <laughs> uh,
3: uh. I mean, they're just j- talking about these strategies, one card that has not yet come up, I mean, we can put it for another time, but I think as a big winner is going to be Bedlam Reveller.
1: Oh, huh? yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Bedlam is a good one, yeah. And something that can go in your Price of Progress deck. Yeah, Bedlam Reveller, I think... I mean, I just played it in modern and got destroyed a couple days ago. But I also played the mirror and lost, so technically Bedlam Reveler was fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's this—that's what I'm saying, Phil. There's just so many of these cards that have been printed that you're just sort of like, "Eh, I don't need to do that because I can just do this, right?" And uh, I think that's—we're gonna be—we're gonna be testing that. I think whether or not fun synergy decks are things that you can do again, things that are a little slower—is um, gonna be interesting. I think I did play against Rug once with the hollow one deck and won uh, very considerably. So, uh, But I don't know. That was you, also You, know, you can beat right Rug now.
0: with a standard deck
2: if you try hard enough. Oh, I, I've actually done that <laughs> before, and I lost quite badly. Yeah. Um, it, it was back when Thrag Tusk and Restoration Angel were in standard. And
0: <laughs> I lost to a Whisperwood <laughs> Elemental one time. I was like, what is this card? I can't attack past this thing. <laughs> It's a four. Yeah, I remember doo-doo. that. I was
1: actually there that night <laughs> that Tony forgot his legacy deck, played his standard deck, and just started making basic land drops against you, and then making huge things from cons. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're at an hour, but I want to talk about this. Is Grixis Delver
0: dead? I think Grixis Delver becomes, again, the worst Delver deck. It was the
1: worst Delver deck before Grimagagler was printed.
2: Yeah, and that Girmag's, was with Right Shaman. Yeah, I mean, Gurmag is a little bit harder to cast when you don't have good Probe in your deck. Yeah. So. Yep, yep. Um, And you don't yes. have
1: two. You don't have two must kill threats on one. There's no good replacement for it in a Delver deck, for
2: black, or for blue. Yeah, and you know every once in a while you'd use your Deathrite Shaman to your opponent's land to cast your Gurmag Angler. So, I mean, Gurmag Angler definitely got hit a little bit, but. Um, you know, again, this is one of the decks that was really enabled by Deathrite Shaman. Um, if you look at sort of the converted mana costs, uh, more importantly, the colored spell or the colored pips that, you know, all the cards play in that deck, it's it's pretty wide variety of, of, of cards. Or, excuse me, of colors. And I just think in general that this deck is going to be not very good anymore.
3: It's in, um, I Once again, I'm on the other side. Like, yeah, your gurmag got worse because you don't have probes to power them out, but you also don't have a b- opposing death rights eating your graveyard. So, I, I think, it, like, if Grixis Delver decks exist, they're actually going to be, like, Turbo Angler decks.
2: Like I agree. I agree with
3: whatnot. Yep. I mean, I maybe they go into stuff like that, but, I mean, before, when you would play a death right versus death right deck, it would just be about, like, you need to either be at death right parity or have death right advantage. And Because death right was able to, like, maintain your opponent's graveyard, so... They couldn't uh, get their delve threats going as easily, and I think like when Deathrite's gone, like people are just gonna be like, all right, I guess I'll just I have four slots open, I guess now eight because I lost probes too. I'll just like move those cards into being a Turbo Angler deck, and I think the deck would more or less stay the same.
1: I, I actually somewhat agree with you. I wonder if we're gonna see Death Shadow, Grixis Death Shadow, which is which plays a lot like a Legacy deck. It's ironic that it's not that good in Modern anymore. But that's like a deck you can just sort of look at and be like, okay, this is how they this is what they do. You know it doesn't play delver and it takes advantage of these other synergies like thought scour, you know I mean I think that's a way you could actually keep like a Grixis tempo deck around. whether or not it plays delver is then becomes a question, right? But um...
0: I'd love to see uh, death Shadow uh, make make actual waves in this format and I think if there's a time to do it, it's it, it is now when you're placing a black one drop with a black one drop. Yeah, but your deck is going to be different. You're going to play Thoughtseize, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Because right, I mean that's the same. It's it's, it's going to be a different kind of of deck, which I think might be interesting. Ooh.
0: I don't know. You are losing Probe though.
1: <laughs> but that's not that's not in Modern either.
0: No, no, but I'm saying uh, you did have in in uh, in Legacy, you did have Probe in in your Death Shadow decks. Death Shadow was basically a Delver deck that played Death Shadow uh, it, it, as well as like its Tarmogoyf kind of kind of situation. Yep. It can play like two it could play two colors or it could play three colors and and generally the third color was uh uh what's called green for for traverse occasionally
1: yeah well i mean that's the thing like you could you could go in a lot of directions i do think that grixis delver the monolith that was just seemed to be winning every tournament even if it was like only one or two in the top eight it was always the winner you know yeah (laughs) it seemed recently i think that's gone i think that's great i think it'll be interesting to see what happens i'm i'm We'll see how committed people were to decks like Grixis Delver and Checkpile. or if they I think. Well, let's go into the next part then. What are you playing, and why? Eric, why don't you I, start it off? <laughs> yeah, Eric, start?
2: Uh, I'm going to be playing Steel Stompy moving forward. <laughs> no, I mean I'm going to be I'm going to be playing Grog Delver as much as possible. Um, you know, over the past I would say two years, I I really haven't been playing uh, Legacy much at all because I I wasn't enjoying it. It just it wasn't fun, and now that Deathbrite Shaman is banned, and they also gave me the Probe ban, at the same time, I'm going to be playing a lot more Magic, and I will be sleeping up rug Delver until they tell me I can't.
0: Zach? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to go back and forth between uh, D- rug Delver and Infect right now, um, and occasionally popping in for Miracles, but uh, I-, I like actually, I, I like, in fact as a as a thing where people normally look at me and they they see Rug Delver, They're expecting Rug Delver, and if I drop a, a turn one noble hierarch against them, they're gonna they're gonna definitely be wondering if they should have kept their, their seven. Um I'm gonna go next because I
1: actually have mentioned it already. We don't know what I don't know what Phil's gonna say, so let's 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 hold the suspense. Uh, I'm gonna play Bant. Uh, I really like Rug, but I think we'll probably be playing it at the store, and I think Bant will be a good deck against Rug. Um, i It was the deck I I played to my best finish ever, so I, I it's nice to get it back. I I'm excited to play Gideon in it, um, and have like that as an extra threat. Um, and even you know Robin up Excavator Band that I played once, like just I'm gonna it's going to be a lot of fun to to see that deck in action again. I may, I may even uh, invest in a night and then a cleaner trop because some of my traps are kind of beat up. <laughs> um, may made, made do that as a celebration of uh, being able to play the deck again, but I'm on unbanned for the time being um, until... I also want the white, white sideboard cards for Reanimator. So, Phil, what you got for us, buddy?
3: I'm playing Esper Mentor. <laughs> oh, amazing,
0: amazing. No,
1: we didn't talk about how dead our Esper... No,
3: Cabal Therapy got
2: so much better. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm playing Esper Mentor. It's still going to be great. It like if if the format goes anywhere in any of the directions that we've talked about, Espermenter gonna be fucking great.
1: What about? Are you gonna play Mistress Bobble and predict?
3: No, <laughs> I'm I am still going to be playing Cabal Therapy. Oh
1: yeah, Well you'll play Thoughtseize, so you'll still get a look at their hand. Well, you- still gonna
3: be
0: great. What do you think about Back to Basics?
3: Uh, I would all the decks that we're playing Back to Basics as like their mainboard card. I think. Uh, like you had miracles decks that were playing uh, back to basics in the main and uh, search for content in the board. I think that's just going to get swapped.
0: Yep, I agree. Yep.
1: All right. Um, we got to an hour. We're we, going we to keep it tight. There's so much to talk about. I'm just looking at like the side of this uh, article on seeing surgical extraction. Maybe we should talk about sti-
3: that. But... I stifled
2: myself from talking about 20 times. <laughs> Pun intended.
3: Oh, uh, I just want to put it out there. Uh, I've also seen a lot of despair from Elves players, and I think that is for naught. I think yeah, that Elves have, is going to be totally plenty fine. you have one-drops that create mana. You've got they're going to be totally so fine. Choices. If you want Reach, you got Shaman of the pack. If you want to grind, you've got Leovold. You, they're like, the the world is your oyster, Elves players.
1: That's all the world is. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, I, I don't know.
0: What, what, anything else for, for this week?
1: I mean, this is the big – this is this was great. I think yeah. that this is going to be really healthy. I, I mean, we've got a couple months till the next big tournaments. Um, I won't be at Richmond. I don't know if any of you guys are planning to go to Grand Prix Richmond. I, I also I won't see, be at I might fly out now.
0: I'm thinking about <laughs> it now that, that we have this band. I'm like, oh, a, a format that's not stale. This could be fun. You might see me there.
1: We have back-to-back Team Star Cities in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia and uh, Worcester, which I cannot make either, even though it will be on the East Coast during both of them. Um, but uh, those will happen. Those will be things you can play, and there'll be a classic at each of them. I'll be at Eternal Weekend at the end, of, at the beginning of November, though, and I'm looking forward to just grinding some uh, some decks and seeing what works until then. And unless I, I can't imagine they're going to ban anything else anytime soon. It takes so long to ban a card in Legacy. Like, I think we're gonna have this format for a while. We're not gonna even know what it looks like by Eternal yeah, Weekend.
0: It's gonna be yeah, there's gonna be some time to figure it out. The only thing I could see happening by Eternal Weekend is if someone puts up some numbers uh, in a real tournament uh in, in vintage, we might see some, we might see some movement in vintage, but I, I honestly don't don't know at this point. I'd yeah. like to see an
1: unban <laughs> at this point in uh in
2: legacy than are ban. They're not gonna ban another card for a while. I think it'll be a while before they ban another card. Unless something gets printed that's just absolutely busted, like another Treasure Cruise, right? But you can't expect that to happen. Um, before we hop another... off, one, one of the things that I wanted to touch on are, you know, most of the decks that we had listed in the another, win... there'll be another oh, I'm sorry, hey, go, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead, you can
2: go. Uh, I was gonna say, um, if you look at a lot of the decks that we had listed in the winner's column, they were, I'll, I'll just sort of list them off. It was Canadian Threshold, Maverick, Inkfic, Bant, which is just the Noble Hierarch decks, um, Miracles, uh, Reanimator, Goblins, um, and then like Loam, and I think, you know, Eldrazi with a question mark. The decks that we have listed as losers were Grixis Delver uh, and Checkpile. And what I'm really, really excited about is that all of the decks that are in the winners uh, column are decks with a really strong identity. Yeah. And the two decks that are in the losers pile are. One of them is literally named Check Pile. It's, it's just a pile of good cards. And what I'm really, really excited about is that I think moving forward, Legacy is going to look a lot more like Modern, where there is just like a beautiful landscape of decks to play against. And when I you know really got deep into the format, that's what it looked like to me, where there was just so many different things that you can do. And I think... Unless the format gets solved very quickly, it's going to look like that again, and I'm I'm really really excited that's, about
0: yeah, that. Yeah, that is that is uh, as Richard Garfield intended. I like to say, you know, uh, I think I think that's what we want is is a diverse format, full of viable options.
1: And I think yeah. well, you you mentioned that Grixis and Checkpile Relusion. We also put Moonstompy and Dark Depths decks there, and Storm as a question mark. But like those um, were the top five decks pretty much. <laughs> Grixis Delver, Checkpile, Storm, Moonstompy, Dark Depths, right there. Like, every deck that currently exists was, it was a warped meta metagame, right? Where this was the best thing they'd be doing, and the decks that preyed on it were there. I don't even think the Miracles meta was like that. The Treasure Cruise meta was a little bit more like that. Maybe even the Dig Through Time meta, but um, yeah. yeah. Now we're going to see, we're going to really see how, if, if a best deck can emerge. That's, in modern, that is not the case, right? That is the one thing that modern, some people don't like, is that it's so wide open I mean, I went into a tournament on Saturday, I was gonna play Modern, uh, and I was like, I'm gonna see a ton of, I usually see a ton of Tron, and I usually see a ton of like, humans decks. And instead I played the Mirror Match with Mardu, I played against Blue-White Control, and then I played Burn. Uh, <laughs> and I, the only one of those I beat with my Death Shadow deck was Burn, somehow. Um, <laughs> I played Sanctimony in my Death Shadow deck, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it's like there, there's going to that's going to take some adjusting to where there's not like a king of the hill or has not there hasn't that hasn't been the case in legacy for quite a while. Like there was the of Elver meta and then before that there was the Miracles meta and before that there was the OmniTel meta and before that there was the blue red meta. There has been a clear best deck since 2014.
0: Yeah. Right? Agreed. Um and that that gunshot uh I means it's <laughs> We're nearing the end of the show. Uh, at, at, uh, at, what, 70 minutes? I think we've done justice to the, to this topic. Uh, Eric, I'd like to uh, thank you for uh, coming on on such sh- sh- short notice, man.
2: Oh, well, thanks for having me. It was definitely uh, a little bit unexpected. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but on Facebook, like, a week ago, I changed my, like, page photo to me attacking with Nimble Mongoose because <laughs> I just – I felt it coming. Got to put that into the universe. Yeah. happened. <laughs> you got to put the energy it's out. It's like there,
0: the right? secret. Be the change you, gotta you gotta want to see in to the exist. world. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, uh, Phil, Nate, uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, anything else to add for the end of the end of the show? Not
3: at all. Uh, hot oh, take. Ooh, hot, hot take. hot take. If Stoneforge Mystic is back, that means that DNT is going to be playable again, and that means that Show and Tell is a loser of the Deathrite band. Ooh, Don't ooh. at me. Okay. Oh,
0: okay. no, that's a good um, point. You one can... one final thing we sh- I-, I should say is stay tuned and listen to uh, Nate's uh, Nate's song <laughs> about about Deathrite Shaman that he that he wrote this week. Uh, it's really beautiful. It's going to be the closer. It's
3: really beautiful.
1: I spent fifteen minutes on it earlier today. I didn't write it this week, but like fifteen <laughs> minutes, like
3: multiple times. It's, it's it's a multiple. It's a multitude of fifteen minutes it's a, at a time. It's,
0: it's a magnum opus. Um. <laughs> a, anyhow, uh, that that's it for us this week. Thanks so much, Here guys. Have a good week, everybody.
3: Bye.
1: I okay.